G'day and welcome to another episode of Perth Property Insider. Today I'm focusing on an interesting topic, which is how to go about partnering with others or joint venturing with others. I'm going to take you through my experiences uh, with the various joint ventures that I've done, some of the considerations, when it can actually be worth considering and I'm also going to cover off what are the downsides, which I don't often hear spoken about, and would I do it again if I had my time over? So lots to cover today. It's going to be a really interesting one. Let's go inside. Welcome to Perth Property Insider, where you will learn how to grow your wealth and improve your life using Perth Property. Our show is brought to you by Investors Edge Real Estate, the highly rated and award-winning property management specialist servicing the whole of Perth. Now, here is your host, Jared Mann. Have you ever thought about combining your resources of time, effort, and money with others to purchase a property that you may not be able to purchase by yourself? There's lots of names for it. Partnering, doing a joint venture, JV for short, or joint ownership. But it can be a really great way to actually, you know, get ahead with the help of others, and hopefully everyone benefit from getting into a a property. So over the years, I've actually done eight different joint ventures, making a lot of mistakes, but it also gave me my start in property. And it helped me make a lot of extra profits before I would have been otherwise able to do so by myself. So today, I wanted to take you through the specific example of how I got started and approached a joint venture with you're using a more active strategy. But many of the same considerations are going to apply if you're doing a more passive buy and hold. So I'm sure there'll be something for everyone who's ever thought of potentially partnering up with others. Now, I got my start in property at age 22 by joint venturing with my parents. Lucky, lucky, lucky for me. But investing was never on their radar. They'd never invested in property before. And it came about because I'd been learning about investing in property. And since I read Rich Dad Poor Dad at 16, I was on all the forums. I was trying to work out how to get my start. And it seemed like it was going to be a number of years before I could get the savings behind me. I just started my job as an engineer. And so I had uh, income finally, but no real savings because being a uni student, and even though I was working all through uni, it's pretty hard to find the time to A, be able to get ahead, but B, you've got lots of expenses and you're trying to study. So I know what that's like. So I ended up obviously learning about lots of different strategies, doing lots of reading, educating of myself to the point that I felt confident. And I put together a little business plan and wrote it all up. And my goal was to find someone to partner with who could provide me with the money to buy a property, hopefully under market value, renovate it, and then sell, splitting the profits 50-50. Now, my idea with that was to, by doing uh, more active projects that were shorter term, the goal was to chunk up my money enough so that I could then have uh, enough money to get into more quality assets and roll those sort of profits forward into more buy and hold once I became more established and had more money under my belt. So that was my intention going into things. Now, 
I'd only recently just gotten a decent job, didn't have many savings, and I could see the market going up so much every month that I felt trapped on the sidelines and I had huge FOMO. So I really just wanted to get in and I could see with my savings rate that it's probably going to take two years, three years, maybe even longer to get enough to get a property myself. And at the time, my dad was still working as an engineer. He had good income and my parents had paid off their house so the equity could potentially be used as uh, towards a deposit, towards the purchase costs and to cover the loan interest and renovation costs. So when I wrote this business plan, I actually took it around to my neighbours. I had one of the next one neighbours willing to become my partner. And I told my parents all excitedly and they said, Jesus, what have you got in this business plan? Let me see what's in here. And they ended up reading it and discovering, wow, Jared has given a lot of thought to this. It does seem like a really clear plan that's achievable. And they asked me, hey, rather than partnering with the next door neighbor, how about we use the equity in our house to be your money partner and we do it together? So that was wonderful that they believed in me, that they were willing to make their first investment. And it was a great thing for us to do together. And I still appreciate you know, everything they did to help me get my first property. So it was my role to find the property, which I did by dropping my younger brother off in an area with flyers uh, to hand out to the worst houses in each of the streets, um, ones that clearly needed renovating, you can tell from the fronts. So he rode around on his bike and I'd pick him up two or three hours later in my car and I'd gave him a set you know, hourly rate and he's five years younger than me. So at the time, that was a really great uh, trade-off for him and just recorded these expenses uh, towards our overall um, costs. Now, I got a call uh, from someone in Huntingdale. So we were focusing, I think, in Huntingdale and Thornley at the time. We had very limited budget and that's what we were comfortable with. Did a whole bunch of research to see you know, what areas I should focus on, but really compared to what I do these days, it was the tiniest of amounts. It was more driven by budget at the time. So we had a call from someone that lived in Huntingdale where one of the where they'd received one of our flyers and they wanted to sell their property fast. And they rang me uh, basically seeing if we can buy it. So we went and checked out the property. We worked out a budget of thirty thousand dollars for the renovation. And then I worked backwards from looking at the renovated selling prices in the area. And I factored in a 15% profit to come up with an offer amount of 189000 especially like making it an odd amount like that, because it seems like you've put lots of extra thought into it. <laughs> so with a bit of uh, negotiation, we held our ground and uh, bought the property privately, not through an agent, and the offer was accepted. So at the time, we had the property valued at... Uh, I believe for, by the bank at 220000 So pretty decent little 10% gain at the time just from purchasing an undermarket value and purchasing it well. Market was pretty hot at this time and it, properties were going up around 10000 a month. So this was in a pretty hot market. 10000 a month was a lot compared to the asking price that I could see happening. Um, and that's part of the reason why I really wanted to get in, see what was going on. It was probably similar conditions to what we have now in the Perth market. So 
After seeking some accounting advice, it made sense to put the purchase in the name of a trust with my dad as the trustee because he had the, the better income and we could then distribute the gains that we eventually made to my mum and me who were on the lower incomes and minimise our tax that way. So it's good. Obviously, seek accounting advice anytime you're looking at making a purchase. And we also had a joint venture agreement created by a solicitor, which can also be called a partnership agreement. There is differences, but I'm sure they'll understand uh, if you ask for either of those. And that outlined each person's role and contributions. And we created basically how we wanted this to look based on my business plan and if, and put a, a lot of details together in order to take it to them to turn into an agreement. So they were just reflecting what we'd already agreed upon ourselves together. And it included the person's roles, their contributions. My mum was going to do the bookkeeping. My dad was to provide the my parents were to provide the the upfront money and the ongoing money. And I mentioned that I was going to do the work in finding the property, planning the renovation, and we were both going to work on it together. It also included in there what our exit strategy was and how the profits would be shared. And in this case, we agreed to split it 50-50. So that was 50% with my parents and 50% to me. So it also allowed uh, in the agreement for a caveat to be lodged over the property to secure the interest of myself who wasn't formally on the title. So the property was in my my dad's name as trustee for the very for the trust. And so I wasn't because I wasn't uh, formally on the title, the agreement gave me some rights to lodge a caveat if I wanted to, but because it was my parents, obviously have great trust and didn't go ahead and do that. But there was we were told there was also other forms of possible security, such as taking out other other ways of protecting my interests, but we didn't go down that road. So that would have made things more complicated and potentially more costly as well. But obviously, if you're partnering with third parties, not uh, direct family members, it could be worth looking into those things and discussing them with the solicitor as to what the options are to protect each person's interest. It will obviously be different if your accounting advice is to hold the property potentially in joint names or in a in a trust or other structure that has you both as directors, then your interest will be directly um, in the holding company and reflected on the title. Hopefully you didn't get too caught up in the complexity of that. It's just to say the takeaway is get accounting advice, get legal structuring uh, legal advice as well and put it together in an agreement to have everything in writing. And even through this, I'd suggest even when you're buying a property jointly with family members, because family members are not immune to disagreements either. And it's just great to have it all in writing to refer back to. So we had this created by a solicitor, as I mentioned, and I ended up using this with other JV partners um, in future as a bit of a template to to um, you know, then just make small adjustments to and tailor that agreement to the specifics that, that I was getting into with each partner. So we spent countless hours <laughs> after work and on weekends for around four months renovating this whole house. You should have seen the state it was in beforehand. It had lime green walls and had a pink bath from memory. Or was it a blue bath Uh Anyway, it was certainly not neutral. It certainly had a level of grime over the top of 
bad paintwork and my younger brother helped us out me and my dad and younger brother all working together and it was a really great bonding experience it was bloody hard work but we all look back on it being some of the best times of our lives that we wouldn't necessarily repeat in the same way but fond memories of you know how much we learned improving our skills uh, for renovating and deciding what we would and wouldn't do in future renovations and also by learning a lot you can then decide if trades quoting um, you appropriately and get a real sense of how long something's going to take if you are to do it next time. So the end outcome on this one was we ended up spending $33,000 compared to our budget of $30,000, which was pretty good um, considering we did a new kitchen and bathroom. We did painting throughout, rendered the front and painted that, and we had the roof restored. We had new carpets and blinds and landscaping. So you get a lot done for $33,000, especially when you're doing it in a lower-end area and the standards don't have to be you know, super high as long as it's um, done to an overall even standard and is new. And we tried to choose you know, better quality fittings just in case we ended up renting it out. And so the buyers could see that as a bit of a point of difference when they're purchasing. Now, the end outcome was that our profit was $85,000 at the point of finishing a renovation, which took four months. And it was a lot of money, even when she had 50-50 at the time for me, considering my annual salary as a first-year graduate engineer at the time, I think was $55,000. So made around that for four, four months' work. And we ended up uh, holding the property to rent out at 380 per week. So it was decently um, positively geared. And we refinanced most of the profit out, uh, pulling the loan up to 80%. And we used that to do some other projects together. And we ended up selling the property three to four years later for an extra 60,000 profit. Um, so all in all, it was a great little property to start with. And it certainly um, you know, made a big difference to our lives at the time with the money that we made. So a wonderful little first project. Now we went on to do another four joint ventures together. Some went according to plan and others didn't. And in later projects, we outsourced more of the work and just factored in the higher cost into the numbers um, and uh, just factored that in. We also added, ended up adding some value through subdivision and building on the back of another property. So subdivided two and built on the back of one and also learned a lot uh, through, you know, doing these projects together. So I went on to do joint ventures with other people uh, with a similar approach of having them provide the money and me do the majority of the work. Now there's different ways that it can be structured. Either you could both put up 50-50 money. So equal contributions, um, it may be, or, or you could have the money partner providing the money and the other person potentially doing the work or living in the property in, in the case of mum helping kids out to purchase. So that's a little taste of how that one came about, the different roles we had and some of the considerations. Now, when does it make sense to consider joint venturing? Well, it's a great option for those who are starting out, who could otherwise have to sit on the sideline for years and miss the whole upswing of a cycle. And by not letting money hold me back, I've gained a huge amount of experience 
by taking action so much sooner and getting involved in a lot more deals and a lot more properties. So certainly appreciate that opportunity and what it did for, by the time I was 25, when I started this agency, I'd you know, probably learned the equivalent of what many investors might learn over 10 years or 15 years or longer. So it really gave me a lot of experience to come into and have the confidence to start Investor's Edge. So really critical for where I've ended up. Now, Kim, it could be as simple as two or more people combining their money to invest in a better quality asset um, that they could not afford themselves. And they could either, I guess, rent it out or one of them live there or live there together. So that's when it can suit for doing a joint venture. Look, it can also be a wonderful way for a parent to help their children get into buying a property. And certainly, I certainly appreciate what my parents did for me in that regard. Now, at the other end of the experience spectrum, it can also, uh, joint venturing can also be a good idea once investors have some smaller projects under their belt. And, you know, they've done the buy and hold, they've done, you know, some renovations or, and or smaller subdivisions, and they want to do potentially some larger projects, but they may not have enough of their own funds. So that's where a joint venture can also be good in helping you step up to the next level or to do rinse and repeat doing uh, more bigger projects where, you know, you get a smaller piece, but of a bigger pie. And uh, that might be appealing. So if you've educated yourself and have the know-how, the time um, to put into it as well, which is one of the biggest factors, and if you've got the drive to to push it ahead and make it all happen, then you're going to be in a better position to attract the money that's needed and have others believe in you. So if you're going to have any hope of attracting that money, whether whether it be from your parents whether it be from a family friend or from someone you meet at an investor catch-up, you need to have a clear plan for what you're going to do with that property. You need to, in my opinion, have the roles and contributions for each person involved, defined, and you need to know who can make decisions on what ahead of time. So you don't want to be having to go to your JV partner to decide you know, what paint colour you purchase. You need some autonomy and you need to have the things defined as to what you can and can't decide on. Otherwise, you can, you can really get bogged down in red tape and, and uh, become really hard to make decisions and move something forward. Likewise, uh, for what price to put the property on the market for, that might be a joint decision. What you know, the final decision on whether you go ahead with an offer would be usually be a joint decision. Other things would be more important things would be joint decisions. So I think you as well need to have an agreed upon exit strategy. So are you planning to sell the property at completion of the renovation or development? Are you holding on for a defined time period, maybe three years or five years, and then review together from there? Is one person planning to refinance the other out? And when is that triggered? And what happens if one person wants to sell the property sooner? Can they sell it sooner? And how is that handled? You certainly don't want someone selling, wanting to sell the property when you're in the middle of your subdivision or partway through a renovation and you're not going to get a good price for it. So that's where you need planned exit strategy and an alignment on that time frame, so you're not getting interrupted in the middle and both suffering as a result. Now, it's best to keep really good records so that profits can be worked out later, depending on how you've agreed for profit, you know, profits to be split. And I'd suggest 
as I would for having of any investment property that you open a bank account. In this case, you'd make it a joint bank account and you put every cost possible through it so it can easily be tracked, worked out later. And it also helps if you've got someone that can do the bookkeeping that's a part of the venture. In the case for us, we had a mum, which was, uh, she did the books for my dad's uh, company and uh, she was great at keeping a record of everything so that we all we knew where we stood. Now, in case it didn't sink in earlier, you definitely need to set yourself up with proper accounting and legal advice to minimise your tax, as well as make all of the above clear so that if something goes wrong, you can fall back on that agreement. So that's when it does make sense to consider joint venturing and some of the considerations for how to put it together so that it'll work. What are the downsides? And this is where people often don't think of the downsides. You don't hear it talked about much. A lot of people just want to go out, rush out, do a joint venture, and they don't think about, you know, what are the negatives? So straight off the bat, it complicates your investing and you need to spend time and effort maintaining good communication and joint decision-making where required. So it just makes things a lot more complicated and harder and you need to be willing to put the effort in along the way to maintain that relationship with your partners, keep them informed so that they know what's going on. Other downsides, people's goals and situations change over time. So the longer you own a property together, the more chances there are that something will come about to have one person want out of the property and have it to be sold. Now, it's great that if you know you've got the ability to refinance the person out when that day comes, um, and that would usually be a first preference if you're able to hold the asset yourself and fund it yourself and manage the cash flow ongoingly by yourself. But often that can come about at the worst possible time. So it works better, in my opinion, for shorter time periods with a defined exit rather than the long time periods where just people's situations can change. Other downsides, um, if you're taking a more active strategy and you are holding property for shorter time periods together with someone, then this more continual buying and selling is and being more active gives a lot more costs for taxes, entry and exit costs. And, you know, you really have to take a step back and say, you know, has all this busyness and all this activity actually been worth worth it when you could have just potentially saved up money for a number of extra years, bought a quality property, passively held it over the long term and if you didn't have to buy and sell as much, you wouldn't. You'd be further ahead because you haven't paid out taxes and paid out uh, all these other costs, and it would be a hell of a lot simpler and not as complicated and potentially not as stressful. So sometimes I look back and think maybe I might have been better doing it that way, but I did learn a hell of a lot. I did make some great money. So two different paths. Now, the other downside is, I'm not sure if I've heard anyone talk about this one, is that using other people's money is a serious responsibility and you have to be able to handle that well and be able to make good decisions under pressure and sleep at night uh, with that responsibility on your shoulders. So I didn't take it lightly. I read countless books, educated myself, had a clear plan, went into it with eyes open, You know, looked at the downside. If we bought it under market value in this case, then if we had to turn around tomorrow and sell it, 
we would have had our entry and exit costs covered. That gave me a good sense of uh, security in what we were doing. We had a firm budget beforehand. But of course, it can also be a lot more relaxed than that. It could just be mum and dad helping, you know, kid out, young adult out to purchase property. When you can refinance down the track after the market's gone up, you do so and you pay your parents out and you have the property owned by yourself then. But I still think it's worth getting the advice on how to set it up from an accountant and from legal advice because uh, sometimes those uh, best laid plans can be altered and that's when you need an agreement. So would I do it again? been reflecting on this and yes, I would if I was starting out, but it's only because I was not wanting to sit on the sideline and I you know, did have a very clear plan for what I was wanting to do. These days, I prefer to keep things simple and be in complete control and be able to invest holding a quality property, you know, for the next 30 plus years and just letting Compound do its work rather than selling and and paying entry and exit costs and more taxes along the way. My strategy is more just simplicity, buy and hold of quality assets. And I the only person I'll be partnering with is my wife. <laughs> so hopefully that's been helpful in laying out some of the considerations and different paths and ways to go about owning property. If you've liked this episode, make sure you post us a review on iTunes or Spotify. That'd be really appreciated. Subscribe on each of the platforms and share it with any of your friends that you think might be interested. Thanks for joining me and I'll catch you on the next one. For free market reports on your suburbs of interest and other helpful resources to grow your wealth, make sure you join my property investor update at investorsedge.com.au slash join. And finally, make sure you're a member of our Perth Property Investment Facebook group. To be part of the conversation with other like-minded investors, get help to your questions and get a feel for what's going on out there in the market. Just a reminder that the information discussed in this podcast is general in nature, as we don't know your specific situation. You should always seek professional advice before taking any action. I'll see you in the group.